this week on the after show, California and fast food, apparently. But more importantly, what kind of Star Trek show would we make? Uh, now, I mean, because I've done two of these so far, do you guys have any, like, criticism, constructive or otherwise, for me? Can you be more Irish? Oh, I can be a little bit more Irish. I can start doing the <laughs> accent the whole time if you'd really like me to. I'd rather not, though. It's very tiring. It takes a lot of concentration. I bet. <laughs> like, can you do any kind of random accent we throw at you? Could you be JD 2.0? <laughs> No, okay, let's no, let's be can't. let's be fair here, Mickey. He'd be like JD like three quarters. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the guy well enough, but I, I imagine I would not be a hundred percent of what he could offer. Maybe so can Sonic you... more often. <laughs> uh, Sonic the fast food, not Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Oh, okay. Please, uh, not Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I'm in California. I have In and Out Burger. Okay. You also have Jack in the Box. Yeah, which is not good. Fuck you. Uh, well, maybe he thinks that he has maybe he thinks that because he has easy access to it all the time. Uh, no, no. Jack in the Box is a, a, it's an amazing human event, <laughs> like the, the Louvre or well, the Vicky, Wheel. You get you get your fat ass out here, and we can walk to it. It's literally on the major corner across the street from my house. I could walk Look, to it. Here's why Jack in the Box is amazing. It's three in the morning. You're hungry. But what you want is you want an egg roll, a taco, a hamburger, tater tots, a chicken biscuit, and a milkshake. But you only have enough gas to drive to one restaurant. Where do you go? <laughs> yeah, Jack in the Box. Where do you go? Oh, you go the, one thing the that makes me happy about Jack in the Box, breakfast all day now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. As far they as also I remember serve Jack... egg rolls all day. Yep. As far as I remember, Jack in the Box has been full menu all day for as long as they've been here. Yeah, it seemed like there was a big maybe. Maybe it's why I discovered it recently. They have breakfast all day. Maybe it wasn't a new thing. Maybe only I learned of it recently. That's probably what happened. Now, uh, interestingly, in Dallas, there was a Jack in the Box that actually had an order kiosk in the restaurant. <laughs> so, like, you just go up to that and place your order, and not even interact with a human until it's time to pick up your food. God, but the so thing nice. is, how did you? How could you possibly accurately order what you wanted with your finger sliding off the grease of the plastic screen? <laughs> You well, it wouldn't be greasy Bruh! until you got your food, though. <laughs> right, no, and we, I've seen and the people we went that there like Jack in the Box. That is not true. <laughs> we <laughs> we also went there like first thing in the morning after the dining room opened. So so it was freshly wiped down and sterilized. I hope. <laughs> yeah, presumably so. But that was interesting. That was an interesting thing, which I don't think took off because I've never seen that at another location. Yeah, it I've seen the people take away minimum wage jobs from people who can't get anything mm -hmm. else. Yeah, that seems like it'd be kind of a downside. Yeah, because I'm seeing the people that work there, and they need the job. Sad but true. Also, In-N-Out is really good. Fuck yes, it is. It is the best. Oh, it's so good. Had that in it's... Dallas, too. I kind of wish there were some around here. Oh. So, Scott, how are the, the, the gravy biscuits at Hardee's out there in California? Let me tell you. <laughs> the ones at Carl's Jr., are okay. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't go to chain restaurants anymore. I live in Sacramento because everything's mom and pop and fucking farm to fork and organic around here. There's other restaurants I go to for like food like that. They're like farm to, farm to fork, foot to mouth. Pretty much, yeah. Foot and hoof or hoof and mouth or whatever. 
But, Push uh, them all? They... <laughs> but uh, no, they call him Carl's Jr. out here. Who the fuck Carl is and why his son is running things, I don't know. <laughs> well, it was Carl Sr., but he had a legal incident. I was going to say he had a coronary. Well, gravy biscuits will do that to you. Yeah, I also also these like four pound hamburgers. Yeah, the I honestly gimmick hamburgers. I honestly don't eat at chain restaurants out here all that much because there are so many like really good local fucking places. I'm 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 quite the food snob now that I'm in California. Okay, question two then: How's the sweet tea out there? <sighs> Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> yes, score. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> I've, I've tried to fight you. I couldn't. I can't. I can't fight it, man. I miss Southern food so bad. You know what I would kill for? A goddamn Waffle House. I would kill a man for a Waffle House out here. No one has ever said those words in that combination before, Scott. No, they've said something very close. I've killed a man in a Waffle House before. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've shit on a man in a Waffle House. That's been said. He was passed Anthony out in the entryway, and I shit on him. I've stepped in a man's shit at a Waffle House. <laughs> and I'm a cook. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I, you know, a nice greasy spoon restaurant where I can go and just, there's no fucking pretense. There's no hipsters or anything. Oh, God, I'd kill for that, man. There's nothing better than a waitress who smokes and calls you sugar while she takes your order. Yes. Sugar what you want. I tell you, the best thing I ever had, and, and you weren't here for this, this was, I went up to Macon, Georgia. I was living in Warner Robins at the time, and me and a big group of people, probably about, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us, went up there to watch a hockey game in, in Macon, because Georgia is well known for its hockey scene. Yeah, and, uh, huge, huge ice skating rinks there in Georgia. Huge. And uh, so we go to a Waffle House before the game. We're sitting there. There's like, you know, 12 of us. We take up like two big booths, you know, two or three booths. And the waitresses and everyone's fucking rolling their eyes when we come rolling in, you know. So, uh Order some coffee. It's getting late. I want to stay perky. So order some coffee. And the big black uh, waitress comes over. Just sassy. Just every beautiful stereotype about a Waffle House waitress comes up. She pours the coffee. And I take a sip of everything. I'm like, this is really fucking good coffee. I, I was surprised how delicious it was. I looked at her and I said, this coffee is really good. And I looked at her real suspiciously. And I said, what'd you put in it? And without the span of a heartbeat, she looks at me and goes, my big toe. And walks off. <laughs> <laughs> It was instantaneous. I don't know how she did that. So of course we, we all just she was telling fell out. the truth. <laughs> we fell out because it was so good. I don't care. So when we got home, we started designing coffee mugs with this big black toe coffee, and then we started selling them online. B big black toe coffee. <laughs> Kid you not. Now I want coffee. Yeah, I always want coffee. Make some coffee and pour some vodka in it, Mickey. I don't have coffee here at the house. That's true. I've never actually seen you drink coffee. I drink coffee at restaurants or at work. Mm, makes work sense. Coffee. It makes sense because really I'm too lazy to make coffee. So that's why. And it's why it's horrible. And that's not coffee, I, right? That's well, like claiming that cherry Kool Aid is the same thing as cherry juice. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's close enough for me. Again, there's... <laughs> I don't know. The K-Gubs, they, they serve me well enough. 
So what are we doing next week? We were talking about that like five minutes ago, Fort Max. Did you leave to go poop? No, it's that I kind of forgot and half was the same attention. Well, at least you're honest, Fort Max. And, and considering how much I've been talking now, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're doing animated series, The Magics of Megas 2, and Mud's Passion. Okay. Which is about space roofies. I don't think that part's going to appear in the Netflix episode description, though, so... Uh... Best go with the episode titles. All right, so how do we find uh, anime? Oh, there it is. That was easy. <laughs> 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 Holy God, where's... Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it strikes me as kind of a bad thing that's so easy to find Star Trek on... <clears throat> all of Star Trek on Netflix or Amazon. Because mm -hmm. it just means, like, the rights for it must be pretty cheap because nobody really wants it that badly. No... No. Okay, so, like, I don't really watch, like... Or, well, it could be that, or it could be that Paramount wants to actually sell the right. Uh, wants to actually get money from selling licensing. I mean, that's true. When you have, yeah. like, 700 okay. episodes of something, you know, I mean, that's got to add up pretty solidly. Because, like, everything Star Trek, aside from the movies, is on Netflix. Yeah, well, which that's aside a lot from of like material. two movies, that's a lot of material. So mm -hmm. I was just kind of thinking in terms of like of like radio airplay, you know, some songs I imagine cost them like a penny to play, like uh, wrapped up like a douche in the night. What the hell that song called? Yeah, the Manford Man song. Yeah, yeah, which they play like hourly here in town. Oh, so I assume still... it cost nothing to air it. Well, yeah, they've been doing that for thirty years, though. I remember it. Now, I don't I don't watch like broadcast TV at all. Star Trek is not actually running in syndication anywhere anymore, is it? Not that I know of. No. Yeah. It's on BBC America for well, Next Generation is on BBC America for some is dumb it, reason. Is it still? Because Picard is a British yes. accent. <laughs> right, it's on there for Patrick Stewart. That's Sir Patrick Stewart. Right, it's on there for Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Star Trek's kind of dying. You know, they need to do something to bring it back. I mean, the movies, the newer movies are nice and all, but they need to come up with a new TV series or something. I don't know. A new TV series in the reboot universe. <laughs> yeah. How would they even do that, man? Well, it's simple. You make, uh, you know, the next next generation. Oh, I see. Yeah, so you have a whole new set of actors and everything. Oh, uh -huh. man. God, that'd Deep be hard. Space 10. <laughs> yes, Deep Space 10. <laughs> well, see, this one goes to 11. Yeah, I don't even know. So, so, if they were, so if they were going to come up with a new Star Trek TV series... What would you guys prefer? What would you want to see? Like a, a good series? Yeah, yeah. Like, what would you actually want to see? Not would you? Not what would you? Hey, Mickey, want to see? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Previously, I would have said I want to see something focused on Starfleet ground troops, preferably during the Dominion War. But it's really, it's been too long since that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, I think now what we need is, is another major time skip. Okay. How far? Uh, at least another one or two hundred years past Voyager. To make sure, or, or I guess uh, Nemesis, I suppose, really is the last one. To make yeah. sure Janeway is good and dead. Well, <laughs> we, we need another technology jump. Ah. Uh, how much? Because right now, modern get... technology has kind of surpassed Star Trek technology <laughs> in a lot of ways. We need to make Star Trek more um, futuristic. Okay, right. With, I think that's with, a valid thing. That's totally valid to say. I think with a time skip one to two hundred years in the future, you need to take a different focus on the series and have it focus not on a mainly human crew. Like, have humanity start to be in decline. Like the Federation Starship. or a human? Kind of like how Farscape did it, where humans are the minority? Yeah, something like that. You know, you have it where 200 years in the future, humans are just not the big shit anymore. They, they're they not the main driving force in the Federation like they originally were. See, I'm thinking... Instead, it... now it's mostly uh, people that Janeway uh, <laughs> ruined their ancestors' <laughs> lives. Oh, yeah. Actually, Ravaged their I'm planets. I think if we do another big enough time skip, it's time to jump outside the galaxy. Really? Like a different galaxy or multiple galaxies? A, a different one, or maybe multiple. I don't know. Invent well, some a, kind of Mass Effect relay system or whatever that lets them to teleport visit other places. <clears throat> Wormholes or what the fuck ever. I don't care. But that allows you to get away from established Trek politics. And But they did that with Voyager. Yeah, they pretty did, much. but they never uh, if, if, if you have a fresh it, start. If you have it structured where they're able to go home whenever they want or need to, I mean that does kind of change the the push of the series from what Voyager was. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember back when uh, they were talking about Enterprise and you know, oh the big rumors there's a new Star Trek show coming out and it's great and everything. What I was hoping for was the uh Captain Sulu actually have George Decay be mm. captain of the uh was it the Excelsior I guess yeah and, and that whole era with the red uniforms and the blue L cars and that whole look and feel I think that would have been freaking awesome it probably would have been at the time but mm. now he's too old yeah it's so oh. a bit more welcome than Enterprise Enterprise was just it was a bad idea and it wasn't done well. I mean, there was the gaps they filled. They didn't fill them well. You know what I mean? I'm multi-part episode explaining <laughs> uh, makeup budget. <laughs> because everything Enterprise was, was there to explain didn't need an explanation, really. It just needed a hand-waving, and you could look past it. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. Um, Mickey, you know how robots in disguise, it kind of does things to explain why things from previous uh, previous author tenors of the IDW comics, why things were that way, what it means overall. Enterprise kind of ended up doing the same thing a lot. Like, there's a lot of similarity in approach there. It's, it's hard to do I that. I don't exactly you know what you're talking about because I've read so very little of pre-more than meets the eye IDW. Like, I think I've read the first year and a half of it. 
basically John Barber has this thing about like going back through what came before and tying it together and making it make sense and fit into a larger narrative structure. The thing is, though, a lot of the time he does that and it works really well. And Enterprise's big complaint is they do that and it's kind of half-assed. So like it, it's all in the same line yeah. of thought. And there's but the fact that Enterprise is just so gray. <laughs> it's, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's I totally cool agree with that. It's, it's Star Trek cool palette. Except there's nothing cool about it. Well, no, but I mean, it's all like silvery gray and blue jumpsuits. and Yeah, it was supposed to be very utilitarian, like they're on a submarine, you know, because it's not comfortable like the next generation. I mean, I, I get all that, and I appreciate what they tried to do, and I agree what they tried to do. It's just it only worked about half the time. I mean, their explanations, and their retconning, and they're showing these historic moments and, you know, how the Andorians and Tellarites came to, you know, make the Federation and stuff. It's, you know, it's old, classy stuff that nerds like us know. But they just did not make it interesting for anybody else. Yeah, basically. And that's you know, how I, I feel about that. I enjoyed watching Enterprise, but I mean, I'm not going to say it didn't have problems. Yeah, it definitely had problems. It took a while to find its feet and everything, which I think Star Trek generally has to do. I mean, look at the first two seasons of TNG, you know. <laughs> Now, look, season two of Next Generation is amazingly, hilariously awful. Oh, God. So is season so one. Yeah. Oh, but season two takes it a completely different way. Like, season one, a lot of it is just, like, really stiff and nobody Season knows. one is, hey, we're making a TV show, guys. This is great. <laughs> Let's make season TV. Season two is, oh, there's a strike. Uh, oh, we have all these old Fates 2 scripts we could use. <laughs> yeah. Let's just uh, go in and do a search and replace for the names, and then... <laughs> but the thing is, like, season two is just so weird because of that, and it just reads a completely... It's like, like I said, it's hilariously awful. But how did season three completely turn around? Because season three was really good. They had next figure to write. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, again... Where what do we want to see? We want a new TV series. I don't have any ideas for it to be honest. I know I want it, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah, I mean, like, do Star Trek Klingons? Do Star Trek? Um, I don't want to say Star Trek Romulans. No, because Romulans are the worst. Really, I say I love Romulans. They're they're my favorite. No, they're because... boring Cardassians. <laughs> Even though they came first, jerk. Yeah, but Cardassians have charisma and they're interesting. I don't, I don't disagree. You notice that I am not disagreeing with you. The I thing just think is, that... I would like to see a Star Trek series where the basis is, you know, at the end of Deep Space Nine, at the end of Nemesis, the political landscape was changing a lot. You know, let's jump forward and see a Federation where the Cardassians, the Romulans, the Ferengi, they're the major powers in the future Federation. And the humans and the Klingons and the Vulcans are <laughs> lesser importance. Oh, see, I'm, okay, that's what I could, would really be into as well, is actually seeing a Star Trek politics show. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is basically like, what DS9 was, largely. But, um, are you talking like West Wing-level politics, or what? Yeah, I was basically. Kind of thinking Star Trek West Wing, yeah. That which, you know, could... Michael Doran keeps trying to get his Worf TV show off the ground, and that would be a good setting to base a politics show in. Yeah, 
Oh, the Klingon houses? Hell yeah, it would. But nobody has any basis for it, though. Nobody has any, any context for it. We don't know anything about well, that's Klingon what, houses. That's why you have a TV that's show. That's why you would it. write it. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. Point taken. Now, I would point out, and I hate to bring it up again, but the, like the Star Trek MMO, they jump forward to like 2409. And uh, Worf makes cameo. All, a lot of TNG people, a lot of people all over Star Trek make cameos. Uh, and they talk about the political difference because, you know, Nemesis, uh, Romulus blew the fuck up. It was gone. Okay. So, and that's something that they deal with the fallout of that in, in the MMO because the Romulans are like splintered. The Talishar is trying to get them back together again. You know, there's these separatists. Uh, there, there's the ones that are trying to, the reunificationists that are following Spock's teaching, trying to get back with the Vulcans. There's all this cool political stuff going on. Even with the Klingons, there's war and then there's not war. And it, it's actually very interesting if you look at it as a whole. You know, as the story goes. Uh, so the, it kind of delves into that a little bit. And it is kind of interesting, you know, if we look at it, especially at the plight of the Romulans and how they're trying to get themselves back together. Yeah, like, you know, jumping forward 100 years <clears throat> to where you have a situation where the Romulans and Vulcans have come back together because the Romulans have nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the changes that makes to the whole rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, because you have the Romulans that are very passionate people, you know, trying to get back with the Vulcans who have eschewed mm-hmm. all that. So it's very interesting to see how they get along and get together. And yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Like, there's ways to make a series that has a lot of Romulan focus work and not fall victim to the Romulans being boring. Yeah. Which they have certainly fallen <laughs> to the past, which I think is, you know, a, a disservice to them because they're, they're, I think they're cool. All right, so would it be fitting or stupid if Bajor grew to power and began to oppress Cardassia? Well, I mean, that's been something that's been kind of toyed with a little bit on the edges. Um, I would assume using the Federation as a means to do that, though, right? Hmm. I mean, they would use, like, their political influence to to push things politically to, to fuck over... Cardassia. I mean, it wouldn't be just them versus Cardassians. I mean, working on their own, because they're all part of the Federation. Well, I'm saying, say, 100 years down the line, they could have split off from the Federation again, because Bajorans are a little hard-headed from time to time, and if the right person comes to power that pushes them away from the Federation, then... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all the shit we've been through, we can do on our own. We survived occupation. We can survive anything. Yeah. Especially since yeah all you need is Kai Win of... 2.0 and... <clears throat> Yeah, and it's not really hard to see someone like that coming up again with the Bajorians being Bajorans. Right, right. Um, and yeah, and with 100 back. years of Federation support behind them, they'd be in a much stronger position, too. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the, and unfortunately, the Cardassians get kind of a short shrift in the, in the MMO as far as like that future storytelling goes. I mean, you had the... Well, the Cardassians were kind of screwed over by the Dominion War anyway, so... Exactly. And there's the, the, the few of the Obsidian Order and a few other Cardassians are trying to get... Uh, the true way, rather, I'm sorry. The true way are trying to get back with uh, the Dominion and all that kind of stuff. And most of the Cardassians are like, fuck it, we're peaceful, we have our families, we're happy, fuck off everybody. <laughs> it's like this very small subset that are trying to like, we must regain our glory. Most, most of the other ones are like, dude, we don't care. <laughs> right, and that's why... We lost... <laughs> Yeah, pretty that's much. Why, that's why it would work to like have the situation reverse. The Cardassians are ready to be peaceful, just be left to themselves, and you know, a hundred years later, the Bajorans are like, 
uh-uh, you did this to us, you're paying for it now. Yeah, but that kind of, like, ancient... So Cardassia's history... kind of like Japan after World War II. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, mea culpa, screw us, sorry. Yeah. Leave us alone, we'll be good. Yeah, I, see, I can see Cardassia doing that, because Cardassians are interesting and, and deep characters, you know. Which is what I was about to say about the Romulans, they never have, because Cardassians, you get to see uh, Garrick, and you got to see uh, Gilda Cott. You got to see all these great Cardassian characters with great actors portray them as being deep characters. You never got to see anything like that with the Romans. They're always just the sneering, imperious, eh, we'll phaser you, you know, whatever. You know what well, would happen to the Romulan chick with the hair horn in uh, Star Trek V? <laughs> you, that doesn't count, and you know it. Counts double. <laughs> The thing that would push the Bajorans out of the Federation would be the Federation trying to get the Cardassians in the Federation. Ooh. Yes, you're right. Because after 100 years, that would actually be a possibility. I mean, all those old wounds would have healed over I as mean, far as the Federation even, it, is concerned. I don't even think it would be 100 years. Like, within uh-huh. two decades, the Federation would be like, you guys want to come join? You know, we'll help we'll you We'll give out. you food. I agree. Yeah, we, uh, we will help yeah. you rebuild your society. Just come and live peacefully with the rest of us. Absolutely agree. And the Bajorans would be like, uh-uh, we're not having that. And then the Bajorans would secede because the Federation would not prioritize them. Well, then the, I mean, the Bajorans would become bad guys then. I mean, that's all, there, that's all there could be. It'd be like the Maquis. Well, it would be like the Maquis, except it would actually be like, you know, an organized military and a whole government behind them, not just random. Yeah, well, I mean, they would be bad guys in the sense the Maquis were bad guys. I mean, very, very sympathetic bad guys. Mm-hmm. Although not, by the time we would villains. catch up with the, by the time we would catch up with them again, I don't think there'd be much sympathy left. Yeah, because they were already, they'd be on their feet. Yeah, they'd they be wouldn't on be their the feet. underdogs. They would be on their feet. They would have been attacking Cardassia, even though Cardassia is not hostile anymore and is in a really weakened state. The Bajorans wouldn't come off being sympathetic anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that would, be, that would be a good story arc, is them starting off as being, oh, well, they're Bajorans, they were occupied, and we saved them, and, and you know, DS9, and the Dominion War, and then it would slowly turn, it's like, wait a minute, these guys are assholes, you know, over the course of, <laughs> over the course of time, because it's like, oh, there was an explosion, like, in a, in a Cardassian market, you know, it was, you know, they, they, you know, they performed terrorism on Cardassia. And See, that would slowly... be an interesting way to put together a new Star Trek series, don't have it be one continuous narrative, there looking at one time period, have it be a generational series where you get two or three <clears> seasons with one group of characters in one time period or like over the course of five or six years. Then you jump like 10 or 15 years forward and see what the repercussions of all that was. And you go with that for a couple more seasons. You know, you look at a few different places and watch the watch the landscape evolve with all this stuff going on. Or another theory very close to that that I was I remember reading about now was maybe this was for Star Wars, but making it where it's a show of kind of vignettes where each episode is like an individual self-contained story based in the universe. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing could work very similar to what you're saying uh, with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like an anthology series even. Right, right, exactly, yeah. I mean, I could see that. No, I mean, just like as I think about the whole Bajoran Cardassian thing, it's like you'd want to see kind of the setup of that happening, but you'd also want to see the farther term payoff of that too, right. which is something you wouldn't get in a convincing or satisfying way over the course of, you know, seven years. Yeah. All set in one specific time period. Right. And in a continuous storyline, you know, you'd, right. you'd have to jump it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be I interesting. I want to see like a sitcom where a Ferengi <laughs> is forced to be a roommate with a Vulcan. Wah, wah, wah. And of course, they can have the little promos of them standing back to back with their arms folded, you know, kind of nudging each other, and you know, and the yes. Ferengi and the Ferengi only comes up to the Vulcan's navel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, the Ferengi's mother's coming over. Will she be wearing clothes or not? She's kind of old-fashioned. <laughs> and the Vulcans go around putting plastic on the seats, you know, so she doesn't sit on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this has legs, guys. This has legs. <laughs> the Ferengi buys a humidifier. The Vulcan buys a dehumidifier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Bringy oh, goes and uh, works out exactly how much of uh, how much heat is generated by the Vulcan stuff, so he knows exactly how much. Uh, well, exactly how to uh, break the power bill down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can detect like the the waste heat from their electronics. <laughs> oh god. Because no way is he paying uh, to uh, cool down uh, heat provided by stuff that isn't his. Right, right. The Vulcan argues that there's two of them, so it's logical they split the bill 50-50. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has legs. Um, I'm on board. And, of course, their wacky neighbor is a Klingon. Yeah. Who's like Galron, though? He's like a little squirrely one. <laughs> With crazy hey eyes. No, no, no. The, yeah. the neighbor always has to be a party animal. Right, that's what I'm saying. He's like, oh, yeah, like a big old fat Klingon who's, like, seen way too many battles. Like Chris Farley with a Klingon makeup? Yeah. <laughs> and less dead. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not do weekend at Mark Talks. <laughs> <laughs> Although that could be an episode. I'm sure something that tropey would absolutely happen in this sitcom. Yes, their their older Klingon friend dies of a heart attack, but they want him to die in glory. So they have to fake like he's alive and take him through a battle. Yes. You know and what? Like film it make and like send be, it to his house. Make that be the first episode. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have like this huge history with this neighbor. They talk about it all the time. But in the first episode, he dies, so we never actually get to see any of it. Right. <laughs> But oh, man, the remember act, when the, the neighbor who did this, and they talk about it for like six seasons, but they never actually show anything? Yeah. Yeah, the, the actor and character would still exist in the show because they'd have like periodic flashbacks. Yes. Yes. To antics they had together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel like we're terrible people. I kind of feel like we're terrible people. Welcome to the show. Or or uh, at execs in 1985. I'm not really sure which. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, probably less cocaine here, though, at least for you guys. Right, right. <laughs> so here's something I was wondering about recently. Can you compress cocaine until it's a stick <laughs> of chalk? <laughs> I'm sure you can use some sort of emulsifier to make it bricky. Because, you know, then then all you have to do is take your, your stick of cocaine and draw your line on a surface. <laughs> <laughs> and now, class, we're going to learn 2 plus 2 equals fuck yes! 
We're gonna do math forever. <laughs> you can even do like complex wavy lines. <laughs> well, I figure if you're gonna do that, you just start sounding with this thing. You get it thin enough, you just slide it right in. Yeah. <laughs> uh Good news, it's a suppository. <laughs> good news, everyone. <laughs> yeah, for all this good this cocaine <laughs> what a dummy, I should have just shoved up my ass. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got to the point where we're talking about shoving cocaine up our penises, so let's uh yeah. You wrap it up whatever you like want. A good time to call it a night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen, and hey, Mickey. Ah. And you. There, there, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, done got, I done got told. You know, I'm very interested in the dynamic we formed here where Mickey is not the most, like, clever person among us anymore. <laughs> I'm too. <laughs> oh, I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>